Hello, you wonderful, sexy people, and welcome to episode nine of Whippets and Flat Caps. I am Will Perry. I'm John Marker. I'm Mark Flanagan. Weird voices. Mm. Uh, but I've got a feeling this is going to be a special one, this episode. Nine weeks into the season, can you believe that's happening? Yeah. Um, the clocks have gone forward, summer is on the horizon. Uh, this is going to be it's going to be a good episode. One because I'm back and obviously wasn't here last week, and uh, we should tell everyone. Don't forget to download the podcast from iTunes, Podbean, the podcast provider. Leave a review, not just not just any review. Leave a, a five star review. No scathing review. I mm. quite like those ones. You like the one star ones. You know that kind of brings our brand down. We don't hear whatever. And you can follow us as well on Twitter at WhippetsRL. Um, we should say for the sake of people watching on Facebook that we just decided to slip into a couple of rugby league shirts didn't we or vintage or two vintage and yeah mm. we don't just wear these around the town do we do you not I'm actually struggling to breathe in this shirt yeah they are quite tight that's but you yeah. do look and I hope you don't mind me saying this you do fat. look not fat that's not what I was going to say Chub- chubby chubby's not as bad as fat is it I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying. I just think you're looking a bit bigger. Are you intent? Are you bulking? Well, no. I mean, I I, I don't know how Mark, Mark's a lot bigger than me. I don't yeah, know how he wears this to I play sport. This no, is, but you were you were looking a little bit rotund before you put the shirt on. I think that's what John's getting. It's not the shirt's fault. It's not helping. It's a nice shirt though. This is a St Helens shirt, Flanagan 15 on the back. What have you got on there? I've got um, a Paramount Real shirt on from the 80s. I think I think Ray Price's era. You won't know him. No. Mm, I've got a 1990s uh, Penrith Panthers shirt on. Early think 90s. Girdler. Girdler. Simmons. Simmons. Alexander. Greg Alexander. Sessions. Yes. Scenes. We've set the scene. Though, yeah, let's, let's just go back. Have you put some weight on? No, I haven't put some weight on. Just, well, you look, I think you it's look, layers. It's the layers uh, of deceit. You look like you have. And I've already just said this a few times, but do you honestly play, you honestly played for St. Helens in this shirt? Yeah, it's supposed to be tight fitting, so... I when can't breathe. You, you, people mm. are trying to tackle you. Can't speak. I can't breathe. Right, I want to kick this week off with gamesmanship in sport, mm. gentlemen, because in light of what's happened in the world of Aussie cricket, if you don't know what's been happening, where on earth have you been? Firstly, John, I know you're going to give everyone a second chance. So yeah. Steve Smith, uh, David Warner, uh, Darren Lehman, all, all of them, second chance, no problems. Can I just ask, if it happens again, and I know we've been over this before, but if, if things happen for a third time, is that when we knock everyone out? Well, for, for those people who don't know, obviously what's happened, ball tampering in cricket is, is, is illegal isn't it? So you're not allowed to do it. There's people have, through the history of the game have, have consistently done it. Um, Steve Smith, the Australian captain, quite vocal actually um, against sort of gamesmanship. I think against Stuart Broad, when Stuart Broad wouldn't walk once, was, was one of the players who was very vocal. But anyway, he's, he's been caught. Um, was he using a bit of tape to get some adhesive on the ball to help shine it all a bit of He got a few little stones, didn't he, from the wicket, stuck them on the bit of yellow tape. Yeah. And then when he started to think he was about to get caught, he shoved it down his trousers. Well, didn't a message come on from the coach? Didn't the coach say on the on Darren Lehman on the on the big screen that yeah. um they they might have identified him doing it, then he sent a message down and then Bancroft. Well that, that that tells me something about this, is that it's it's a common tactic used in cricket. Yeah. So Steve Smith's going to get punished and he will get punished. Um, but for me, that is just, if you coach and there's communication going on, like from the sidelines on, that's like an institutional tactic being used. So Mike Atherton got done for it, didn't he, in the in the 90s for, for the same thing. Mm. In cricket, this is this gamesmanship or is it genuinely cheating? Cheating. 
And there's a difference, the difference in that. Well, I think gamesmanship is where you flirt right along the line of what's legal. It's not sporting, is it, gamesmanship? It, it's, it's not in yeah. the best spirit of It's the not game. sportsmanlike, yeah. but you flirt with right on the edge of what's right and wrong. And for me, this in cricket is co really commonplace. I think I, I'd be really surprised if it's not just, you know, Steve Smith's not the only captain in the world who's, who's tampering I'm not sure because wouldn't we'd not have heard of it the amount of cameras and the scrutiny it's put on plays during a match would would this kind of thing not be seen more commonly well, the, the, one of the Pakistani Pakistani, done it the Pakistani bowler bit the ball you've had guys rub it on the zip to rough it up you have guys every you know there's people basically they do this is where it is gamesmanship is when you manipulate the equipment so they shine one side of the ball and rough the other side up that is gamesmanship isn't it but it becomes illegal when you use a tool to do it. Mm. So they're already tampering with the ball, aren't they? And, but I think the bigger discussion is like where gamesmanship and sportsmanship and then actually things that are illegal and are cheating, seen as cheating, where all that fits in sport. It's a very grey area, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't think any sport's fair. I think we've got this obsession with the sport being fair. Mm. So no competition is fair in sport the, the where, the, where this is interesting is because Australia have always taken the high ground haven't they they've always taken the kind of you know we dictate what happens in cricket we are they've, they've relied on their talent and so on but they've have always given it they've always given it so well it was only a few months ago that Cameron Bancroft the player in question was on his um, his moral high ground when he was saying that Johnny Bairstow headbutted him in a bar in yeah. Perth and caused a lot of press about um, Bairstow and how it was, you know, they were they were trying to intimidate them before the first game and it was as little as a, a little touch of heads uh, in a bar. Well, after that's a few gamesmanship. Days. Yeah, correct. Yeah, but it's, but it's not an assault like he made out to no, me. And he, he did a press conference where he's like a, a scared little boy. Yeah, there's two, the gamesmanship can take two forms, can't it? It can be prior to competition, or it can be during competition. And this has affected the this has affected the result essentially. Yeah, but I think sports that rely upon a piece of equipment, when a piece of equipment is really fundamental to the sport, then the tampering of that equipment or the manipulation of that equipment is always an issue. British cycling, their, their suit allows their cyclists round the track 0.25 of a second quicker than their opposition. That's Gamesmanship, that, that is manipulating variables to be better. So when, when there's equipment in use, it's always a source of the sport not being fair. The ball in cricket is fundamental. But that's, in that's, that's with technology. Yeah. technology yeah, but tampering with the ball is only improving its performance. Isn't it? But there's a, there's a clear black and white, you cannot use a foreign instrument to tamper the ball. Yeah, but that's in, I think one thing is in, in, in rugby league, we... We don't really acknowledge gamesmanship, but it, it absolutely exists in our sport yeah. all over. Like, uh, absolutely, our sport, sport is rife with it. We, we, where? Well, loads. There's, okay, there's, I'll give you one. When you've got the ball uh, in an attacking position against a team and it's a tap, quite often the ball boy will, will throw on the shit ball rather yeah. than the new one. He'll be like, worn in, slippery, and it'll There'll be. Always, a ball will come on the field at a really important time. Yeah. Or there were players that pretend is to be that injured. Gamesmanship? I mean, it happens. That's, in football, that's gamesmanship. Yeah, there's other yeah. players Crosses. who pretend to be injured to uh, to give themselves an extra minute's breath. Mm. I played with the guy Bryce Gibbs who did it all the time. Yeah. My favourite one is James Graham, who we've had on the show. I think it was episode three or four. Yeah. He used to put 
pretty much a full tub of Vaseline on the back of each hamstring. So when he was tackled, so he'd be in, in contact and someone would come in and take his legs and put him on the ground. After they've tackled him, their hands would be caked in, in Vaseline. Mm, so, so the next time... You couldn't they, catch the ball. They touched the ball, couldn't catch the ball, and also it makes it difficult to tackle and grip. More so, I think, actually, what it did was just annoy people. Yeah. <laughs> so You know what I mean? There's, there's, that's gamesmanship, isn't it? And, and I think we all... We all see it in all sorts of sports. Another, another one for me is holding the ball in the scrum. Um, yep. Teams have started holding the ball in the scrum in rugby league. Mm. And the reason for that is to gain an unfair advantage. It's, it's not it's not sportsmanlike to do it. But in rugby league, pretending that someone's holding you down to win a penalty happens every week. Mm. Um, that's but, all, how but all of these are, you know, mm. like... I get it, the fine margins, right? But we're talking about... I mean, you're not li- listening to a cricket podcast, but the whole point of this is that... That that is against the rules officially in a law book, law two. It's a it's a you, you get 100 percent of your match fee taken away and whatever they've been given a one match ban. And actually, I've just got this on my Instagram here. Michael Vaughan put a picture of the NT News. I think we should have more of this over in the UK. Why I've got some sticky near my dicky. That was that was the front page of the NT News with a picture of Bancroft sticking the tape down by his, his Johnson. Mitchell Johnson, no, not Richard Johnson. No. Mitchell. No, he's I think it's like Richard Johnson. Johnson. Oh, Mitchell Johnson. Johnson. He's, he's the caller, isn't it? Mitchell Johnson, yeah. No, yeah. Johnson is in his that, phallus. I did, I did that. It's also Mitchell Stark. But anyway, let's not get into that. But uh, do you see what I'm saying? That is officially, whereas sticking a whole load of yeah. Vaseline over Yeah, so this is where it crosses. Do other people do that, by the way, Vaseline? That sounds great. Actually. Yeah, Why but not? it's cheating. Well, the the NRL actually pulled him up on it and said, yeah. you can't do that. If you do that again, you're going to face re- repercussions. It's cheating. It's getting an unfair advantage. So would the referee pull I'm just wondering. No, but this is the point, isn't it? That there's a line being tread that that is just right on the edge of what sportsman like and what's not, mm. and we operate on the edge of that yeah, line because you want at all times. It's competitive at you all want, times. If you can gain the slightest advantage over the opposition, and it's not classed as cheating, you're going to probably do. And, it, and it's sort of a self-supporting thing. So in football, we watch football and go, "Oh my god!" Like diving is a shambles in our eyes in football. Um, but rugby is no better in, in many many extent, like in, in many reasons. But, but you think about in, in, in a coach's office, a player dives, wins a, a free kick and a penalty, and then you know it would be supported in that review session that they'd done the right thing. And it's the the, it, it, the performance sort of element uh, overshadows sportsman like behaviour. It's because the stakes are so high in sport these days that these kind of things are allowed. I, I just I think. Similar to the Jamie Carragher chat a couple of weeks ago, I think that uh, we're missing some of the point here, John, because they have deliberately and in in a way, a premeditated fashion, twisted the laws of the game. And I think it's interesting how it's it's not just the player that's decided to do it. It, The leadership group have instructed Mm. him to do it, which means that it's probably part of the culture is of that Australian cricket team it's, 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 I think it, but again we're talking about something that's part of a, a flaw in humans is at cheating at level uh, cheat, but, but, but Will this is again I had a good chat with a mate of mine today and it's a symptom of society isn't it so government officials may well cheat their expenses that, you know to, to get financial gain there's people corrupt corrupt people in all walks of life who take shortcuts yeah. people leverage things and, and, and skew the tactics in their favour in life actually so in sport where it's performance led people are always going to be vulnerable to slipping up in this area I think and it's a problem with human 
I just human think nature too too soft again just like Carragher I think this is this is Smith I'm not no 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 you, you misunderstand it I'm not suggesting anything about how they're punished but what I'm yeah. doing is giving you practical examples of how gamesmanship exists no, in all that. sports but I, I want to get inside the mindset of why someone at the top of their game the top of the game the top of the international stage the world stage of that sport everybody's doing it everybody's tampering everybody's tampering with the balls that's what you're saying <laughs> Are you tampered with your no, balls, Mark? John, the mindset no. that you would have to be in. And, no, right, no, the coach that, that is, doesn't know but about it's it, just but. common practice and they just got caught. Like, if everybody was chucking Vaseline on the hamstrings, you know what I mean? But that's not legal. Um, well, yeah, it's... It's, it, it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. It's not illegal, otherwise it would be in the, the, no, the, but then the, the rule book. Yeah, the, but the, I think, um, like I said, when, when a sport revolves around a piece of equipment that you can tamper with mm-hmm. or that you can manipulate to your advantage, that's more rife for, for illegal sort of behaviour than than a team sport, a skill sport, where you're always, which I was, this is the difference, is you're always in the grey area in between sportsmanship and gamesmanship. And gamesmanship only exists for people to win games, mm. doesn't it? So the only reason you would do this is to win a game. So, so you're Steve Smith, credit to those guys. No, 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 I'm not, not at all. No, no, just we're talking about the, what it is. We're not, we're not. I'm not saying whether I support it or not. Clearly, Steve Smith skewed the game in his favour. But sport is never fair. Life's not fair. Like we can't have to to go into every competition and assume that the sporting event is fair. Mm. I think he's mad because it isn't. There's but different coaching methods, different equipment, different kit that we wear, different boots, uh, the, the op- opportunity to train in better gyms. And it's not fair. It's but, not fair. But so people skew these things to try and even com- it up or the make The competition most. is fairer than the surrounding Absolute, equipment yeah. and Absolutely. But everything you've mentioned there is intuition. It's, it's intuition, all right, we're going to make, we're going to spend money and invest money on getting better suits for our track cyclists for, and, and go and win gold medals at the Olympics. That That's initiative. Yeah, it's, it's never going to be fair, but I think mm. that's where the line comes in to cheating with a rule book. And I think that's where they've gone past it. If, if you yeah. said you could tamper with the ball, might as well bring a, an electric hacksaw on and just start sawing it apart well, in half. It wouldn't be much better. <laughs> yeah, throw that at them. Tamper Try this. And tamper that. this. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I, I, I look, but your school was second chance. No, 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 absolutely no. fine. S- Steve Smith's completely in the wrong, okay. like absolutely in the wrong, and he's been caught with his hands yeah. in the cookie jar. It, it looks even. But let worse. him carry on as captain, John Wilkinson. No, no, not at all. He'll never get punished. He'll get stripped. That. He'll get oh. stripped of his captaincy. But what about a second chance? He, what do you mean a second chance? Well, like like he's only done it once before, so this is would be one well, more there's, time there's, you're, and you're going to. There's get a lot of examples that one of the guys in the South African team who, who Australia were playing actually got accused of ball tampering. Right? Um, Did the, he get caught with a sticky by his dicky though? He he was using the zip on his trousers to scratch the ball and got pulled up with the same thing. Yeah. So look, it, it's just happening. Steve Smith's been stupid in using a, a bright piece of yellow tape <laughs> with, with gravel stuck to it. Like, come on, Steve Smith. Like, that, that in itself, that's just literally rubbing it in the faces of officials. Rugby league to me, though, seems the sport of integrity and honesty from the from the, from what I can gather from the outside. Would it that is, mentality... This, right, I've got an example into this where sport. this could be an issue. I think that there's a big problem in rugby league. Not a big problem, but this could be a big issue. Big game, grand final, you had two or three of your players faked head injury to get off the field and back on. Well, it's funny you say that, right? Okay, which Perhaps, game? Which yeah. game was that? It, it, it went in jeopardy when, when right, the circumstances matter, mm. and there's no consequences of next week and not having to play the week after. Yeah, big game final, four players get head injury. So they come off, and then it's free substitution. Yeah, Paul, Te- go on. I think 
for that to happen though that'd have to be an instruction from the coaching or medical staff yeah no but, the, but very much like you said Darren Lehman was was gesticulate you know like get that tape off with they've spotted it sort of thing mm. Then look, a lot of decisions like that I make. Harlequins, remember that they the use blood, blood blood capsules. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm that not. Came say- from the top. From yeah. The I'm, I, what I'm not saying that, that that it always does, but but in the circumstances like this, it appears that it's a team. It's an institutional decision to take shots. Which I find mental. Yeah. That is I find that from Australia. No, I do. It is. Yeah. And it's it's hypocritical. I can't, I can't process it's, that. It's hypocritical of Australia. Who, you know, their cricket setup from the outside looking in can be quite self-righteous yeah. um, so but they'll, they'll, ne- they'll never live this down ever well I Good. think they will I think they will I just don't think they see the, how, the, how you can have it anyway we've been over that the, yeah. on that subject Paul O'Brien tweeted us at Whippets RL and said one thing that's creeping into the game of rugby league is that when a player goes down with an injury the physio automatically holds the head understandable in head injuries but players can be holding their ankle or arm and it's uh, done so that the referee can stop the clock. I've never seen this. No. Uh, yeah, you, I, I, I've seen um, a player go down in back play and the game has to stop because they secure his head and he's not necessarily got a head injury. But the difference is if a player just goes down, he's not really obstructing play, the player carries on. For example, there was a horrendous leg break in our game and the, the, the game continued and I think a few of us were just trying to get the game stopped because it was that bad the injury George Lawler was it that bad it was just it was just how did it happen it was just really innocuous it was a tackle I think everybody sort of landed weight on, on, on the kid and his, his leg it just it snapped and snapped in, in the most horrendous fashion yeah I was stood next to it it was it was it's one of the most disgusting things I've seen really? on the rugby field yeah so it was it was just like to be fair to our guys we didn't know Hulk our players all stopped and, and couldn't look it was that bad uh, we so carried on you could hear on. it almost happen yeah it was just you know look when the it's, human body it's so sad when something like that happens to a young player do you know what he took it like an absolute champion as well he's only 23 24 something he came from the amateur game um, didn't come through an academy and got an opportunity a couple of years ago with Hulk KR he's been a really good player for for him it's sad to say that injuries like that can be career threatening so so hopefully you know best wishes to to George and he gets back on on his feet soon yeah but I think there are the tactics and there's there's little ways of manipulating situations and rules using rules bending the rules in your favour isn't there Mm. I think the head injury protocols maybe one blood Blood has been used, hasn't it? As, a, as a, you know, bending that that rule in your favour. Um, but there's one thing you can't uh, fake, and that's your leg being yeah. snapped in half. You know, and uh, it was just it, not not great to, to see. To be fair, something else I want to talk about. Um, and I know Sam Burgess was good, wasn't he? By the way, yeah, yeah very good. Yeah, good I, I, I like the fact that he'd already investigated how to measure head girth and width. Like he's obviously he's probably he's, he's gets asked a lot. that most days, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I'd say so. And he and he, if nobody has, if you haven't seen his head, it is like a bison's head. Well, I'm going to measure Luke Burgess's head. Um, you just like Luke Burgess. For ne- don't you? Oh, I love you do mention yeah. Luke. He mentions Luke all the time. No, but I mean, I I think that Luke has a bigger head than than Sam. Sam's so got a similar size head to the mascot for Huddersfield Giants. Yeah, it's very ne- similar. Next the time you see the actual the, mascot, the actual or mascot, the guy inside the mark, the Giants, yeah. the, the mascot, not the guy inside. Right. He's got he's, he's only about five foot eight, but he's got a massive head. Okay, it's fake, but it's actually similar yeah. size. It'd be Sam's. weird, like with the mascot having a little pinhead, wouldn't it? Mm. They wouldn't be body. similar to Sam's, then, would it? Because it's Joe, of all mascots, my favourite is the the sort of devil. 
Why? Because it when looks Mal- like Kukash, doesn't it? No, 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 no. When Kukash, is it Kukash? Well, no, when Kukash left, they removed the goatee. <laughs> oh, did they? I'm not, not, have not seen. No. They took the goatee off the devil. Did, Ku- did Kukash want the mascot to look like him? Yes, of course, of course he, he did. did. Of course he did. Of the course he did. Club, club emblem looked like him. But well. I loved it. Very subtle for those people who haven't watched or scrutinised the Salford mascot. The goatee is gone. Yeah. I might, What's it called? I might Salford draw, mascot? draw it back on. Yeah, What's it, it called? Dr. Devil. Again, it's Dr. Devil. <laughs> was it meant to look like Mawa? Dr. Devil. Surely they should stip, strip him of his doctorate. Uh, Professor the Devil, maybe. Just Mr. Break. Devil. Yeah, Mr. The Devil. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that is mm. some... I can say it because um, I'm not associated with the doctor, but that is some ego, well, isn't our, it? Uh, that our, is some our, ego. Our mascot's Johnny Lomax's sister. <laughs> He's dressed not. up. Is it? Yeah, no. it's so weird. You see her run on and you think, that's Is it St. Really Bernard? Boots. Hold on. Boots. Johnny Lomax's sister's inside the mascot. Yeah, I can't look at mascots. I don't like them. They're a bit scary, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, because I, every, you know when I think? I think there's a grown man in there and that's weird. Like, it is weird, isn't it? could it? be a woman. It could be Johnny Lomax's oh, sister. Grown, yeah, grown woman. Oh, grown person, sorry. Yeah. Inside that suit. I remember going to watch Manchester Storm ice hockey when I was about 12 and they had a big mascot, but they can't see behind them because they've got a big head. Mm. So we just pushed him for about <laughs> 50 metres along the corridor and we all got thrown out. <laughs> so don't do that. Uh, I can't, I just, I'm still getting over the fact that the, the, the Salford mascot was called Dr. Dr. Devlin had a go. There's no it. narcissism involved. Amazing, astonishing. Mm. Did anyone talk about that in the Salford dressing room? No, no. That should no one mentioned it. Do you know no. what they should? All, all, of, all, of, all of the... All of the mascots should be caricatures of the owners of the clubs. Yeah. What, you'd have McManus? We'd have McManus, like blonde, sort of strawberry blonde Simon guy. Simon Moran at Warrington. Simon Moran. Yeah. And then we'd have Ian Lennigan with a little moustache and uh, grey hair. Nice suit. suit. Eric Pollard out of Emmerdale. Um, Get Eddie Hearn on the phone because that's what Nige, he should be doing for when, he, take, when he takes over. <laughs> Nigel, Wood. Nigel Wood. Really small trousers. Uh, still a chance to put them in the bin later on on whippets and flat caps. Okay, let's talk about, um, because one of the things that Sam alluded to um, and he, he Sam said he was pissed off didn't he uh, a couple of things yeah uh, the perception we don't want to go over last week but the perception of of Super League in Australia within the NRL and it's kind of evolved onto you know, Wayne Bennett and the Australia based players including Sam and Gareth Widdop as well back in this England test which is happening against New Zealand and Denver mm. um Safety concerns, inverted commas, is one of the reasons. Do, do you buy into no, that firstly in no, terms of no. the altitude? It's for what, 5,280 feet above sea level? What, what are the on about? Right, the biggest problem here is that the NRL and the players who play in the NRL and the NRL as an organisation stands to gain nothing from playing the test in Denver. So for a partnership, for it to work like that, you've both got to have equal amounts invested and you know, that basically you're both winning from it, I think. Mm. In this situation, we want the test, don't we? England wants the test. And you can tell by the social media of every English player in the NRL they has, has pretty much put out a post that might as well be copy and pasted just to say, we really want this test match to go on. And it's almost like a campaign mm. to get it in the public eye, to really get some momentum behind it. But if you think for the NRL, what is their incentive to let their players go to, to, this, to this game? That, you know, that the, the, this is an interesting thing for me because we talked a lot about rugby union with Sam and rugby union, the international game trumps the club game without doubt. Like there's no doubt about that. Mm. The international game bankrolls the club game. So players can disappear in the middle of the season for six weeks and it's all brilliant. Ben Teo came back, went to watch Salem Worcester. He just walked back into the Worcester team having not played for, 
you know, three months or something like that. And that's just fine because the international game runs the so, game. So, 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 Whereas this is the, about the, it's the flip. Capped. It's the flip in rugby league. The clubs run the game. Right. So the Super League clubs are more powerful than England and the NRL clubs are more powerful than Australia and England and New Zealand. So, so well, one, one thing that I found absolutely absurd is the fact that England and New Zealand have arranged this friendly yeah. without being indicated or told that they would be getting availability for the best players to, to play in the game. Mm. I think they've just put it on and they said, oh, can New Zealand, uh, England, can, can we have your best players? And then the NRL have turned around and said no. Well, yeah, It makes a mockery it, of the event that yeah, well, the best players <laughs> might not be able to play. Exa- I can't agree more with Flash here. Like, how has that conversation not happened? Is that what's happened? No, but how has the conversation oh, between the NRL and the R- RFL not happened? Yeah. How has that game... Like, you can't announce, right, we've got a fixture. For example, I know some guys have booked flights to go and watch this test already. That, why would you even announce a game that is not guaranteed is going to happen? And, and again, like I said, it's because like we want to play this game and I, I agree we need an international fixture in the middle of the season, but it seems to be all stacked in, in, in our favour and New Zealand, the NRL, seem to gain very little from well, this test. The, the three state of origin matches each year um, allow each player to be released for at least one match from their NRL club. So the same reasoning should be given for the English and New Zealand based players to be able to play in the midweek test uh, for the, the, the test in, in Denver. It, 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 I think it's, it's mental. It may well it, change, but if that's not in now, why would the NRL voluntarily, why would their clubs voluntarily let their players go and miss a, a round or have to risk of injury of going back and playing mm. 48 hours after a game? Yeah. Or you would have thought those conversations would have all been had and it's, it would have been ironed out. We discussed it a few weeks ago. The long-term um, planning of the game in this country is at times laughable I think this is a very it's another example of it how they've not had this discussion with the NRL which is probably the most powerful governing body in the world is is mental even the RLPA the, the Players Association in Australia have, have condoned and said no we're, we're not supporting this match because of player safety which I think is a lot of bullshit but the fact is that it doesn't look like but it's going to be the England players have all been tipped off to mention it on their yeah. social media platforms it just looks like to me it's it, it's like really consistent messaging from all of the players I think Sam came out with something you know we, yeah. we have to play the test Gareth yeah. Widder uh, Elliot White uh, Josh Hodgson who's injured anyway but he came out and said it James Gray all of the players who've been involved with England are really pushing and for you the could, test I, I can understand the rationale behind playing a game o- over there I think obviously Australia are uh, the best team in the world one reason is because their um, their best 30, 35 players playing three state of origin matches each year and are used to playing in high high intensity matches so they, they have an advantage over England and New Zealand so one thing to combat that is for England and New Zealand to play a game during the season great they've got to have it in international water or somewhere in between so America seems a plausible um, destination Secondly, the Rugby World Cup, Rugby League World Cup, is going to be in, in the USA in, in, 25. in 25. So we've got to start some PR, some kind of, some momentum into that tournament rather than just landing there and just expecting people to come. And, and thirdly, I think with Toronto and then potentially New York entering the Super League competition in the next few years, we need to start growing the game over there if, if they're going why, to be why proper about the, Why wouldn't we play the World Club Challenge Series or World Club yeah. Series well, over there? Something's got to be done over there. Instead of, if we went over to Australia, played it there, why not do that in, 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 in sort of neutral ground? Do, do clubs care about their players being capped by their country? 
Um, like I think it's, they do, an, yeah. it's an ego it's trip good for a club. kudos it's good kudos for a club if, if their players are being selected and seen as the best in their country that being said it's it's like releasing it, rugby league's a, a dangerous sport there's a high degree of risk in it like releasing your prized sort of assets to somebody else to look after is with no guarantee that they're going to come back fit healthy or able to play for you it's quite a mad concept. There's no compensation. There's, There's no compensation. There is very little. There is insurance, I've read, yeah. for this game, which is more than the insurance cover for the World Cup last year. I think it'll cover the salaries for the players for this season and next season if they have to become to get a really bad injury. What, from that one game? Yeah. Wow. So I've read. Yeah. Could be wrong. And is that, is that, you're not confident about that. I'm not confident in this, guys. So, so John, it was in the Sunday sports. So. When you were playing for England and Great Britain, so. when you were released by St. Helens... Yeah. Well, they, they, there was no question that they wanted me to go and do it. Uh, yeah. That being said, if if it... Well, look, actually, when I think back to it, if you were ever a 50-50 or you, you had a little niggle at the end of the year, the club didn't want you to go. Mm. No. You know, not not... You didn't... There was a sense that you, you had to be right for the start of the Super League season and, and playing for your country was, if you were fit and healthy, was just the right thing to do. But if there's ever a question about it, players wouldn't do it. You do, know, do you I want to ask me the same question? I can, well, yeah, go on, Mark. Well, the one you game I played for England Knights, St. Helens were very, very happy for me to play. Who played one game for England Knights? England Knights. Who am I thinking? It was like England B team back in 2013. Mm. You're the... But yeah, I got that in there. That's for you, Mum. Okay. I can't think of the equivalent of football. There is someone. There's, there's the one cap. Well, the Michael Gray. The Michael Gray. Did he have one cap? Um, so I've had one cap for the like, England B team. One cl- the one cap club. Mm. No, so, so what you're saying then is the Super League attitude towards clubs letting their players go and play for their country and the NRLs is very, very different. Well, no, I think that, that Super League clubs... Like I said, the international game getting better for us in this country, I think, is more important than for the NRL, for the international game to be great. The state of origins always already filling the hole of what we would say like a Six Nations is for Twickenham. Like that's their big stellar event, isn't it? The state of origins stops the nation. It's unbelievable. They've already got that sort of void filled. So the pinnacle of rugby league in Australia is the state of origin. It's not international rugby. It's not playing for Australia or New Zealand. Mm. Whereas for us in this country, the pinnacle of rugby is getting picked for England and now playing against Australia and New Zealand. Mm. Um, and that's the difference I think they've already got they've already satisfied their requirement for big competitive representative games via State of Origin they don't need international rugby we need it and that's a problem so, so, so both of you have just said how amazed you are that that conversation we don't know for sure do we that that conversation might not have happened before they've announced the fixture right does it surprise you even more that you've got someone like Wayne Bennett at the top of the England setup, and that has happened someone who, who knows that system so well yeah I think it look it's surprising that we're even talking about it I thought the fixture was just nailed on like we've planned probably training around losing players and Our holidays and, yeah and look I just think uh, our, our, our scheduling has been sort of adapted because of this game um, I, I think it's mad that the, the conversation's even happening but that being said I can understand the rationale from the NRL but it plays into the whole amateurish tag of this sport which we've been talking about for the last nine weeks it does but look communicating is not one of the great assets of, of, of rugby league in this country is this it? is why you have people you know uh, that, uh, Nigel Wood and his trousers who've left you had people like Brian Barber you had people at the top of the game who, who were there for these very reasons well, they're failing feel, you they're feels, failing the sport it almost feels like a bit like this has been let's get this fixture out there Let's get this fixture in the public realm. Let's get some public momentum behind it. And then we'll 
sort all the details afterwards. <laughs> Which is mental. Yeah, and I, I think it's a shame. I, I'd like to see the game happen, but it, I, I think if the, this is the first of two or three conversations where the NRL pull the pin. Have you retired from international rugby, by the way? Uh, yes. Not, not officially? or Well and truly, Mark. Officially? Yeah, but why would I need to retire? Do you think if I retire... Well, I think you're a very good player. Do you know, do you know David what I might James do? never retired, did he? Do you know what I might do? I'll retire now at 34. Are you officially... In, whoa, 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 hold on. Are you officially retiring from international rugby? I will if Mark does. Oh. We've got two scoops here. No, I Yes. What you're going to retire yes. from... Retire from... Well, put, put it on tape now, both of you. Yeah. Are you retiring from retire international from rugby, Mark? International rugby. <laughs> that one game of for England, nice against Ireland. I wonder if anyone will pick up on, on that, that John Wilkin is that, retired from international rugby. That's a big scoop. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd, no one will pick I'd, up on I'd, Mark. I'd be very, very embarrassed if it did get picked up. It might make the whole... What's the local paper in Hull? The... Uh, the Rye Hill Times. The whole Daily Torrent. The Rye... <laughs> <laughs> They'll be calling Carol for more quotes. Carol. Should we prank call Carol again? Carol Wilkin. Should we prank call Carol again? Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> you got in trouble, didn't you? I didn't. No. Did you? No, did I? Let's do it then. Let's throw in some tweets into the mix. Throw because we've got a, we've got a chuck, loyal chuck, fan base. Chuck them loyal right fan in. base. At WebSRL. Um, chuck them in deep. Look, okay, let me just let's, let's go through a few of these. Um, no particular order. This one's from Steve Wood. Woodsy. Who says, Woody. Um, mm. What thoughts were going through John's head when Ryan Morgan pulled back Shenton for no reason and cost you the grand final last year? Is that one of the questions where he goes, <gasps> No, but it's a good question. What thoughts were going through my head? Oh, by the way, now you've mentioned that, yeah, of course. The question that, we'll, and we'll pick out the winner when we're going through these. Yes. It's the question that makes you go, Ooh. Ah. Um, what was going yeah. through my head? The, um, hold on. The reason for that noise is because you win Sunday lunch for four at Rigi Bianchi in Macclesfield. So is that the question, Fantastic. winner and three friends? Um, it's 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 the yeah. winner and three friends. I think not, we should not four random. I, I think we should put four random. No, we're definitely going to do that. But, but for the just, first few weeks, tonight. we're going to see. We're going to kick it off nice and easy, and then we're going to make it really weird every week. Did the guy take up the the prize last week? Yes, he did. Indeed, he had a lovely lunch. We're good to hear. Uh, okay, John, answer. Um, when Ryan Morgan was accused, he did he did pull back Ryan Shen, yeah. uh, Michael Shenton, didn't he? Um, he got a second chance. Yeah, no, I. I do you know what? It was agonising that because we just scored, but we'd, we'd come back into the game. Um, I celebrated that try that we scored, and I just it was one of a few times in my career actually where I, I celebrated as though we'd won. Do you know? It felt like we'd won. It was 22 seconds left for people who can't remember. Obviously, it was a big moment last year, mm. and in your mind, um, you, you're already there. You've go in there. I watched this game. Yeah, and, and I, I remember. When the try went in, it was was it sixteen or eighteen or something like that. And I knew Percy, Mark Percival, had the chance to win the game with the conversion. Yeah, and he wasn't having a great night. No, with the no, he'd missed and a I, couple already. And I knew, knowing Percy's mentality, that he wasn't going to kick. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, it was just it was obviously we we they got the ball back anyway. Blah blah blah. Kicked behind Ben Barber picked it up really quickly actually and would have would have just picked up and, and ran the game out. Yeah. Ryan Morgan, you know, he, he thought he was doing the right thing. Stopped Michael Shenton from getting to the ball, gave away a penalty. They kicked it, went to Golden Point. Luke yeah. Gale kicked the one point, and we didn't go lovely, to the grand final. Lovely narrative, but, but I can answer the question. Well, I felt like I felt awful. Mm. <laughs> That's more like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I felt. How did just, that make you I feel? Felt, uh, you feel emotionally robbed of a good feeling. 
I felt like that that you had the the euphoria of us getting back into the game and winning, but then you were denied of the feeling of going to the grand final and being able to compete in the grand final. Mm. And the, the worst bit actually was, and this was a huge mistake on my behalf. I got asked to work by the BBC, so I had to go to the game. You never mentioned you worked for the BBC. Yeah, and I rarely mentioned uh, the punditry, mm. um, which you're very good at. Yeah, he's very good. I, I, I very well. well. I was like the Jamie Redknapp of. He always movies. sees me in a nice suit and then just asks, "Where do you get that from?" And then, lo and behold, well, you wear the same thing. All your suits from. When I say you like the Jamie Redknapp, of, I mean your marriage is fine. Jamie's yeah. is obviously a little bit. Of, but, I mean, purely from the kind of the looks and the you know the, mm. the you got some nice jackets. And anyway, ties and stuff, the yeah. worst Reese. mistake, worst mistake I made was going to the game. Yeah, going to the grand final was like double punishment. Really? Oh, it was horrendous. It was so did you feel worse? Losing or going to that grand final? Oh, I felt worse at the grand final. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I, because I've experienced that. A, you never a, go to a game. As a salt in the wound. Like yeah, because as well, do you know the worst thing was Cass just didn't show up, and yeah. I, I felt we'd have give Leeds much better game than Cass did mm. that, that night. And, and look, the Cass deserved to be there. They'd had a fantastic year, hadn't they? And they, they were incredible all season. And I think there was a lot of public sort of good feeling towards Cass for the, what they did last year. But anyway, good. there are, there are worse feelings. That's probably the worst feeling in sport, isn't it? Like to reach a semi-final yeah. and agonisingly lose. And, then and we, we we happened in 2000. Was it 15, 15 when we lost to yeah. Leeds uh, away? Yeah. We thought we had the game won. Kevin Sinfield kicked a 40-20. They scored on the back of it, and yeah, game over. It's, it's such an empty feeling. That's, that's but that, that sport, sport, yeah, that sport. The, the good the good feelings wouldn't be as good if you didn't experience that. I believe very philosophical. Um, this is good though, isn't it? That was one question. I mean, we shouldn't spend as long on the rest of the questions because okay. we'll be here till midnight. But okay. I like that. I don't know, it's got us talking. So maybe that could even be it. I don't know. You talked a long time. Um, this one, in fact, this is also from Steve Wood. He's getting a lot of coverage, but I like this because it shows how childish and pathetic Steve Wood is. And that makes me want to go out with him. And I, you know, not on a romantic level, but I think we'd get on very well because this question is teammate you hated the most in your career and why? God, that's a good question. Um, Mark Flanagan. John Wilkin go first. I need no, to think no, about no, this. Go on, teammate. No, you no, hated no. the most. I don't hate anybody. Must, I don't someone you all right? Hate's hate a strong it. word. You're like, really, like, uh, really don't like you. Mori Fasavalu. Oh, Samoan. Why? Guy. Why? 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 Because why? he was violent at training, and in the best possible way, he just didn't know anything other than to try and hurt you. Right. And he just. I remember one time Mori was running away from me and I'm a bit, I'm child I like to be light hearted training I tapped him on the shoulder on one shoulder mm. and then obviously we stood at the other side of him yeah. <laughs> 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 that's such a good job uh, do you know that's you such said, a good because then he thought that I was at one side anyway he turned around he picked me up um, like a a, a toddler uh, used my shorts like essentially a nappy was it his toddler and then or slammed, else's slammed, slammed slammed me into the ground sort of three or four times um, really Mori was aggressive yeah Joey Barton style yeah he, he taught me a lesson I didn't tap did his shorts up? did Joey Barton do that to he anyone? beat up Darbo didn't he on the training ground at like, just like that Pretty much, yeah. There's a lot. Of, I love a bit of training ground biff. Do you remember who was the guy who kicked Ile Berkovich in the head? Oh, John Hartson. John Hartson. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Great guy. Good contact. Yeah, Solid deserved contact. It, didn't he, City legend. We probably deserved it at the time. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Mark, we digressed. The person you hated the most. I can't think of one, to be honest. On, I'm just going to throw someone into the box. Oh, Mark's like pathetic. rugby friend. We, 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 I am very respected. Pathetic. Weak. Of Wet. Go on, just name someone. Somebody. Oh, there's somebody. There is there somebody. somebody. Yeah, yeah. You there's thought of somebody and then there's he went story. past it in his there's mind. Story. Your hairdresser? No, sorry, no, in I, your career. Yeah. There was um, one of the other questions was about... Um, well done. No. 
It's quite. It's along the same lines. Well, okay. all right. Okay. Well, no. Let's just do that question first. No, no, no. So you got no answer. Pass. No, you say pass. 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 pass okay. Pass. Pass or pass. Pass. Um, this one from Willis, who says, "This is a great question. Favorite pea, um, mushy. garden mushy Next. or sugar snap? Uh, please, can answers be honest and not influenced by the current Super League marketing agenda? In brackets, no point discussing it if you're not not going to be serious. Mushy, 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 mushy with fish and chips. Yeah, yeah. Fish chips. lots of vinegar. Um, we, we really have got an eclectic mix. How long do typical end of year sessions last? And tell us your most craziest tale from the past ten years. Mark, oh, an image is coming to my mind that yeah. you, you sent me a picture. Well, with, do you want to tell the story? No, but I just want to say I'm not answering your own question for you, but you did send me a picture where you were covered in flour. You hadn't been not Ben Flower that was from the same game uh, and you had coat hangers hanging off your ears and yeah. you had been to bed for four days no no this was after the grand final that night so we went and had a few couple of drinks a couple, couple of sharpeners in St Helens then went back to Alex Warms' place drank until about five I fell asleep sat on the kitchen counter and woke up with flour protein powder an egg uh, a coat hanger hanging from my, my ear yeah. um, what else was there there was a pool cue somewhere. Might have been up my ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> Still there. Was yeah, trying to remember. Was it up your ass? I think it was one of the real small ones. You know, yeah. like the miniature pools, yeah. like an office table pool. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine, isn't yeah. it? That's not good. That was, yeah, yeah. Get more. Um, well. Yeah, and then then I got showered. We went on a full day session. It's usually that night and two days and evenings. Ooh, aren't you crazy? Well, that's, that's the answer mm, to the question. Yeah. On for St Helens, um, Leon Price, I think he, he wrote a book, Leon, didn't he? And it got serialised. One of the stories was about James Graham when James Graham got his hair dyed black. Now, James Graham's strawberry blonde, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, have we told this story? Ginger, I don't know if we have. No. Tell he, again. he dyed his eyebrows black and his hair jet black. Anyway, no. he, he uh, threatened to torch our cars. and uh, he th- Sorry? He threatened to torch our cars. Get, tra- all, your things out, Liverpool. get all your things out of your cars because I'm going to torch them. Uh, which he didn't do. He did go and get lighter fluid and matches. They let a man, six foot four man, with dyed eyebrows and hair by lighter fluid and matches. I'm questioning Tesco Windle, St. Helens. Um, they wouldn't even let me buy eggs to egg my friend's house in Tesco. The other no. Day. So oh, you, you did. You bought the eggs and you did egg that house. We did egg his house, yeah. No, you did. There was no we. Well, someone else was there, but I won't say his name. By the way, we are still on, so let's just go through a couple more here. Which, this is a good one, which NRL import have you played with who thought they were mint and they were actually shite. This Josh Perry. From, uh, JP. It's from Josh Perry. Brackets <laughs> <laughs> mean. Who is it from Josh Perry? No. No. It's from Josh, JP. Josh hey. Perry arrived at Saints having played State of Origins, played for Australia, and he was just a big cuddly bear, wasn't he? Mm. And he, uh, whilst in Australia, he was, was all right. Um, whilst in Australia, I think he he told us that he had um, a psychologist who who worked with him on having some triggers to uh, bring out you know the animal in him. So, and that trigger word was the weapon. So he used to massage his ego and say, call him "Josh, the weapon, Josh, you're the weapon." Which got shot to Wepsy. Wepsy, <laughs> Weppo. <laughs> so the worst thing he ever did was tell all the lads that yeah. his alter ego is weapon, and when the weapon comes out, you better look out. John? Yeah, I concur. With him, was you going Josh Perry as well? Oh, yeah. Is that your answer? Can't think of any other Super League guys, NRL guys who thought they were big time? No. He didn't think he was big time. No, he didn't. He, he was, was a prob- good bloke. He was he? a good bloke. Yeah. Just probably coming to the end of didn't get, a few injuries. Didn't have the best time. We had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Did a lot of holidays. I just wanted to tell the, we- the weapon story. <laughs> 
This one, uh, John, you might be good at. Uh, Mick Feely, who says, uh, why do so many fullbacks struggle under a high ball most of the time when it's uncontested by opposition? Genuinely, it's literally their job description. And number two, who is the best in the business, SL and NRL? Well, look, I think one thing to consider, when you see a kick go up, there's two things. It's not... The trajectory of it is not always a straight line, as in people shape and kick the ball differently now than what they ever have. You kick through the belly of the ball to make the ball float. The ball can move five metres in the last sort of few metres it falls. So I think kickers have become better. So I don't think it's a case like Derek Fox used to just put a straight up and under and fullbacks end over end and people are just catching it. People are kicking through the belly of the ball and that makes the ball react differently. Um, I think Reese Hambury had a, had a shocker against you, you boys. Isn't it, you know, catching the ball? Um, and Danny Brough and, and Pat Richards used to yeah. do spiral bombs, so the ball would be spinning rotationally, and that's what the spin does it rotates mm. um, facing down and it would move right at the last second. Yeah. And it's just awful to it's catch. It's become a, 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 a I'd say a more difficult skill for a fullback to be able to catch the ball well. Some people stand out who were brilliant at it. Paul Wellens, who, who played with for a number of years, I can't remember Paul dropping a ball in those situations. Yeah. I can't. My favourite sign at any rugby match was Paul Wellens, bomb disposal expert. Yeah. And he was always at the Saints ground. Someone isn't? had that as a banner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Highbrow banner, isn't it? And if we did have a bomb at Langtree Park, Paul cannot dispose of the bomb. <laughs> so. uh, Addy Cunliffe, Addy what? Addy Cunliffe. I was about to Adi say, Cunliffe. I was about to say the C bomb there on that Adi. podcast. Is it Addy? Do you know this person as well? A- you know? No, A D E is Addy. Well, there's someone at work who I work with called Addy. No, that's his A-D-Y. He's from Nigeria. Well, you're posh. Anyway, Addy Cunliffe. How do we get reserve teams reinstated to all clubs? And how has our sport allowed this to? to fall away seems to me to be a crucial way to blood the young guns can't afford it there's no appetite for it from the clubs half of them buy into it others don't so it becomes a shambles they don't have fixtures they never play (laughs) young lads are then just wandering around so it's just a shambles from start to finish the clubs can't be bothered putting on transport facilities kits buying kits for a reserve team um, certain clubs do it other clubs don't unless everyone buys into it and does it it's never going to happen the under 19s competition isn't good enough for young players to play in what happens as a result is then the clubs have to send their players out on dual reg to, to other clubs to get experience playing against men and now uh, instead of having your own reserve competition that was a good standard uh, we, we're utilising the championships of blood young players and I think mm-hmm. I think a reserve team would be I think a really important step for the game but I can't just can't see away from getting from where we are now to having a full reserve I think it's absolutely the the biggest contradiction in our game for last year the two play clubs to vote for second marquee player so that's a second player that they can pay absurd amounts of money to but then the same clubs don't um, give the green light to a reserve system Um, I think it's 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 ruining kids' growth into the game. I didn't debut till I was 20, 20 at Super League. Now, for a kid now, I, I might not have got my chance in Super League because of um, there being no reserve get, uh, reserve team. I think each Super League club needs to field a reserve team and, and allocate some funds towards it. Otherwise, it's stopping young kids coming through through the game. Teams are more bothered about signing Australian players or star players from other teams and blooding their own kids coming through, and that's and that's probably it goes somewhere to our, towards why some teams are struggling because local communities aren't seeing their boys, their their 
the local heroes um, coming into the team. Well, I, I, but I think with St. Helens and, and Leeds and Wigan, I, look, I think those three clubs essentially provide all young players for the competition. It pretty much, Not you know, those idea. academies, they're under 19s, fuel Super League in a lot of respects. If you dot around Super League squads and even championship squads, there's a lot of St. Helens, 50, Wigan, 50 of the and Leeds players teams, yeah. end up playing for, for other clubs. And it, look, they're doing a great job. The challenge is for other teams to do better. And actually, the challenge is for the game to recognise that our under 19s competition is not good enough for producing Super League standard players it produces good young players but then it takes you a year or two of training in the first team to find out whether these players can adapt to the physical side of playing against men a reserve team competition fills that void but I know from people who are involved in the reserve team setup how frustrated they are the lack of commitment to it from the game and when priorities are elsewhere it's just absurd that we're not focusing on developing reserve team okay we've got rugby. two more questions because and, and more concise answers please because we're going on a long time but these two and then we're going to pick a winner for Sunday lunch for four at Ricky Bianchi's in Macclesfield this one from Dave in Australia it's common for NRL teams to share stadia who do you think uh, English sorry why do you think English clubs and fans won't Wakey Cass for example uh, would have a lot more clout gaining funding and planning permission as a combined force and would probably be playing in the great shared stadium by now. We've got stronger history, a longer history. There's more sort of strong regional identities. Each club is almost tribal and, and, and protective of, it, of its own lot. Sharing resources is great, but what clubs need to do it? You've given one example. I can't think of another. Maybe hold the whole team's... So there's two examples of it in the game. For the sake of what it brings, I don't think we need to do it. I think both clubs need a new stadium. Are they both under the same council, the same... Waking Cass? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty mm. sure. Is it Calderdale? I don't know. Yeah. For, if it is, the, um, the thought process of two teams both applying for £10 million worth of funding from a local council mm. for two separate stadiums in within a few miles of each other seems daft to me. A lot of big big sporting teams at a San Siro, you had Inter Milan and AC Milan, who both played out the same stadium. Whether they um, but this, a lot again, one it, stand, it, it's towards, just Cass and Wakey, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think Cass and Wakey should do it. It's just Cass and Wakefield. So yeah. you've got to move. With the like times. It's not it's not the same game. It was 20, 30 years ago. The money's not there, so to provide a great arena for two clubs to play at and. And, and milk it and, and, and sweat the asset for yeah. 365 four, days it, it makes sense 14 home games is not enough to make money no. so you can't wait for your fixtures to come round on every other Friday night and expect a rugby club to make money you need corporate events you need events through the week you need to integrate the stadium into the community you need to make sure that the event is is the number one venue in that, that town and a new stadium for those guys would do that but that, that's just when we say the English clubs are reluctant to do it I'd just say that Wakefield and Casa. Yeah, I think there's nobody else. But how long have they been bidding or applying for um, planning permission? It seems like 10, 15 years. Well, it, is it, that because they're both applying for the same money? Well, it's just part of the old problem is that we've got really old school fans that were scared of upsetting. Eddie Hearn mentioned it. He, he said he would upset the, the rugby league fans. Well, there's not enough rugby league fans for the game to survive. So either we start upsetting rugby league fans and, and maybe the game survives or we just watch it dwindle down and it's a race to the bottom and it ends up amateur again okay good question from Dave and the final one from Mark Hogan who says at with Miss RL question for the podcast seeing as everyone for some reason is absolutely shit scared of mentioning a ref's performance what's the stupidest call you've seen or been involved in uh, and which ref current Super League only oh um... 
must have been such a way on the night you were like what how has he interpreted it yeah there's a couple against Leeds the other week um, the referee stopped play because the Leeds player was down in back play um, and then he allowed them to play on and ultimately score a try in the same situation. So what I've not got a problem with ridiculous calls. You know, it's that ridiculous he's got it wrong. He's just genuinely made a big mistake. Mm. It's inconsistency where he's already given a decision that you think, ah, that's how we're playing it tonight. Uh, and it goes another way, like in, in the game. That inconsistency in games is more upsetting for me than a big a big blooper. Um, you know, I, th- I think that, that that's the biggest problem actually in, in our refereeing is that fans can sense it and, and players sense it. The inconsistencies within refereeing, I think that's what we need to sort out. The big big mistakes are just going to happen every now and again. My biggest one at the time was um, I played against Hull KR for Saints in 2013 and I carried the ball, I was held up in a tackle and a Hull KR player came in from the side in what's called a cannonball tackle. So my leg was stationary and he targeted my leg and my leg buckled and I ended up tearing my ACL in my left knee, which meant I was out for the season. It could have been career-threatening. Nothing happened at the time. It wasn't even put on report. Um, And after the game, uh, nothing happened. So this player could have ended my career. Who was it? Uh, Con Mika. Shit-house. It was a shit-house. Can we collectively choose a winner out of those questions? Which was the one there that made you... I mean, the hate one was pretty good, but it was quite a simple question. What do you think? You guys choose it. Yeah, I think I'll go with that. What? What? The The first one. The first one? (laughs) I like the second second one. Teammate you hated the most in your career. I didn't answer that one, did I? Okay, so what are we going for? Go on, pick a winner. Mm. Read read them back to us so I can remember. Uh, Steve Wood, what were your thoughts when... Whether you head John. No, next no. one. No. Steve Wood's second one. Teammate you hated most in your career and why? No, no, no. Woodsy's gone, he's out. No. <laughs> Favourite P uh, from Willis? Yes. Garden Mushies. I like that because he's gone he's gone off piste. <laughs> Do you want me to choose it? Yeah, well, choose I'll it. go for the first one because he was ballsy asking me about something so recent and painful. And he put two questions in the So way, Woods is gone and then he's Woodsy, back yeah, I thought Woodsy. You're in the same bit, but now he's John he's pulled, back. You Steve so he's pulled you off. He's pulled you still there. So Steve Wood, who wins uh, lunch for at a re- And enjoy. he has two questions, which is always good. Be Yankee. Well done. Enjoy. Woodsy. Oh, what about that? Send him off! Send the dressing gates off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! Good Friday games. They're exciting, aren't they? Listen, Saints Wigan, why are you laughing? I don't know. It's How enthusiastic are you say that? What, no. Good Friday games. Good Friday. Very exciting. Saints Wigan, what is that like to play in on Good Friday? It, it's, a, it's amazing, actually. As, as a player, I think... There's certain moments in your career where you feel really privileged to be part of something. Mm-hmm. And a Good Friday game for me is a moment where I think this is cool. Like there's times like Wakefield away or, you know, certain games in the year where you don't feel particularly blessed to be doing what you're What's doing. What's wrong with going to Wakefield? Um, well, the atmosphere is, you know, quiet. It's quite, there's, there's hardly any people there's there. It's not much of an occasion. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. What I'm saying is you play a Good Friday game in front of 25,000 people. Mm-hmm. It means so much to the people in the local area. Now, those games are when you think back in, the, in your career. Those are the standout moments of your career. And I think you're very lucky and very privileged to be able to play for St. Helens or Wigan in a Saints-Wigan derby, if you ever get the chance. Much as maybe when Leeds and Bradford were in the pomp playing in that derby, mm-hmm. and certainly whole derbies, like when you get the opportunity to play in those derbies, I think it's really special. Does it give you it's a something? Feeling? It's something that we do really well in this country, don't we? I think we've got historical derby matches mm-hmm. that, that well, the mean original, something. The original derby was between St. Helens and Wigan, wasn't it? 
Yes, yeah. Uh, I think the um, good start, the, wasn't it? No, the phrase the was phrase. coined. Ah, yeah. really? So Lord Derby, um, basically the factories that supported Wigan and St Helens uh, couldn't pay the players to play, and the game was going to be cancelled. He. Yeah bankrolled the game and, and the fixture derby. became the derby so legend like legend yeah. has it well done, um, yeah look it's an amazing experience I love the midday start the so early what does it start. do to you it must make you feel different to a normal you said it's different to going to the atmosphere it. it's, it's a ferocious it's atmosphere yeah it's I, just I, insane you cannot hear each other there's very like I said even a grand final or a challenge cup final you can actually hear each other you communicate well on, on the field but when you're playing in the Saints Wigan game, you cannot hear the guy next to you. You have to communicate. Um, you know, we often joke about it. You have to mm. be uh, creative in how you communicate. You have to, you know, become um, sort of, you know, gesticulate more. You have to you communicate in other terms. Yeah. Well, um, that's one thing I miss is playing in those games. Um, I remember we played Wigan at Langtree. It might have been 2014 or 15. And the warm-up um, was spine tingling. When it kicked off, it was just ferocious for the first 10 minutes you couldn't you, like you'd lost your breath at, uh, as soon as it kicked off it was so quick and intense does it do early to your body does it make you feel different yeah you, yeah. you, you rise a little bit you, you, you go into onto another level I think it's it's, it's such a special yeah. game and I, I'm lucky enough to play for both Wigan and Saints in, in those matches and it's the same for both teams and it's yeah. um, there's so much uh, rivalry the, the, the occasion the match is steeped in, in history and, and to be a part of that is, is quite special actually I, I think atmosphere and um you know, you know, vigorous atmosphere or the crowd yeah. improve performance. Yeah, I think the best games you see are in those circumstances, aren't they? In in world sport, not yeah. just in in rugby league. The microscopes on you. Yeah, when it's pressurised and it, it, it's something tangible in the stadium, it's like it is electric, isn't it? You walk out, the 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 hair stand up on the back of your neck, and there's a moment when you are performing at that point, it's an unbelievable part of your career. Yeah. Like for anybody who gets the chance to do it, and even for the fans who get to watch it, it's the most amazing part of our season. The Wigan Saints games are great. I think there's a chance, there's, there's actually a risk at one stage of the fatigue. You know, I think we played Wigan four or five times in, yeah. in one season. Um, with this, the Good Friday game is our first encounter. We're going to play them well. What? You know, we're playing well. It's all set up to be a classic Good Friday game. It's comparable well, to it, a Premier League atmosphere, I'd, I'd yeah. say. Is it Langtree? Well, when I, I came a couple of years ago at Langtree when you played Wigan, I remember when we spoke to you before and I was doing it for the BBC, we would see Brian Noble and we were there. And it is, I'd say, having been to many Manchester derbies, a similar kind of. Well, it means more. I think support can be take different forms, can't it? If you go to Twickenham to watch an England game, the, su the support there is kind of passive and a bit corporate and, you know, they get into it a little bit, but it's all quite nice. There is a tangible atmosphere in the stadium at Wigan Saints games and it's through the rivalry of those towns. Wigan and St Helens are divided mm. by a hill, you know, the, the, what, but miles apart, aren't they? There's no distance between them. People from Wigan speak differently, act differently, behave differently, have completely different views on life to people from St. Helens. Mm. Now, this is what I love. I fell in love with the Northwest when I moved over because where I'm from in Hull, there's maybe an hour in any direction you can travel and people will be of a similar mindset. Well, you can be in St. Helens 
in 10 minutes being Warrington and they've got sort of a Manchester sort of swagger about them. Mm. You can be in Widnes and it's all a bit getting Scouse and Liverpoolian and then you can be in Wigan and it's broad Lancashire Northern and completely different attitudes towards everything in life. And I find that fascinating. And I think that's what makes the Derby so special is there's two towns that are connected by geography, mm. but have the biggest disconnect socially out of anywhere that I've been. And the one thing we mentioned before about the reserve system, there'll be loads of local Saints kids and loads of Wigan kids. And that's that's one thing that gives it an extra um, bit of spice is the fact that they're, they're local lads who, who, who've kind of grown up with this rivalry between the, the, the two towns and they're going to continue it and it'll, mm. it'll go on for generations and generations and I think that's one thing that the fans love is their kids are playing against the, the enemy's kids and it's all it's all well, it's, it's, it, it's steeped in that it means that to feel it yeah? it means yeah. more so the, the class of 92 and those those guys playing for United I'd imagine that the City United derbies or, or you know what I'm saying is it mm. means more when you've got your local products and local players in there I think the challenge with football isn't it, and other sports is that when it becomes sort of global and yeah. you know Man City aren't exactly flush with, with local players is do you still get the same feeling is the same connection between the fans and the team on Derby for the fans isn't it Rather yeah I, but I think what rugby league we've still got is that our teams are still linked to the communities they exist in it's a weakness of the game Yes. If anything, yeah. it's a weakness it? of our sport. Yes, because, because you can't have both. I mean, yeah, you cannot be absolutely rooted in the community of a small town like St Helens, where the GDP is 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 down. There's not a lot of cash there. You know, it's not a huge population. Mm. You cannot be entrenched in that community and then aspire to be a global brand. And but it's have everything that those companies. Premier League clubs in football get criticised for. Yeah, but it, it's again. It, it's the strength of the game and it's weak, biggest weakness. They've got it? the wrong side of the balance is what you're saying. Yeah, well, no, I just think they're, they're completely entrenched in each community and that's what makes the derbies in rugby league so amazing. Mm. But it's also the biggest challenge to us being a massive success commercially and in terms of participation figures of just, you know, getting those numbers up because we are really, you know, entrenched in that local regional um, identity I think mm. and look yeah, I think that's just again a big strength of the game but also a big weakness of the game also those Good Friday games recently haven't been the fact that this season St Helens have had a great start there's only two points behind sorry two points between Wigan who are just in second place you know there's 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 so much on the line this year as well at nine games in well I think rivals need each other in sport you often find that when two rivals are going well, that they're both going well, they challenge each other and push Ra each Rangers other on. Rangers and Celtic is a perfect example. Yeah. Celtic's like been lost for the last five years when Rangers have been coming up through the leagues. Now they're back on top, well, uh, back in the same league. That's that's they, They've got a purpose throughout the season because their brother is next to them and they can compete with them. Yeah, ri rivalries in sport are huge and, and they, they inspire better performance. And the more rivalries we can inspire and get, get the whole of... Us, us and Australia has always been a big rivalry, hasn't it? We've had this big, big rivalry between mm. the, those two nations. And I think at club level, we get that right. There's some really strong rivalries and... and, and you know, you'd, you'd love look Bradford. You know, going the way they've gone is such a shame because Leeds and Bradford was a huge game. Hull KR and Hull, I'm buzzing that Hull KR are back in just because the Hull derby is really special. Yeah, I think people ask you all the time actually, what's the biggest derby in rugby league in this country? You'd say the Hull derby. Um, I'd say Saints Wigan in my time because 
it's been a bigger game with more consequences. Rivalries to be at their best, there's got to be consequences. And like you said, this week, for us, both teams are playing well. Both are at the top of the table, near enough. You said your biggest regret was not playing in a whole derby. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, yeah, because I'm a whole boy, you know, I'd yeah. love to have played in a whole derby. Do you hit harder in a derby? I think they're more physical. They're, they're a different game. It's like State of Origin. State of Origin is not like a normal rugby league game. It's completely different. It's like evolved into this direct really vicious sort of version of the game derbies go more that way than the other um, that being said the crowd and want to hit hard derby, the crowd no, want to hit derby games get won by the smartest team though mm. they're yeah. not won on emotion too emotion early doors or in, in the game for 80 minutes um, can can have a negative impact. I think you've got to you've got to cut through the emotion yeah. and get back to playing quick. You've got to fire on your belly and ice in your Ooh, head. Like no, it's um, no, Max. Right. Look, I think really important in in, in derbies and in, in big emotional games is getting through the emotional side of it, dealing with it, dealing with the crowd, getting out there in the warm up, absorbing it, being in it. Um, I think that's hugely important. Um, you know, for younger players, again, massively important just to get the emotional side of things out the way and get back to playing. Because ultimately, the detail of your game and, and the, the little details are the things that win you the game, not the big emotional things. Mm. It's not squaring up to each other, the little fisticuffs at the first scrum. I'd get carried away in that, you see, if I was playing. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good one, man. Good one. You've never had a fight, have you? No, but I'd get, I'd get carried away by the crowd and the other yeah, day, not yeah. thinking, yeah, oh, on, on the side I'd be yeah. just the far yeah. in the belly bit. Ooh. Will Mulberry Satchel had come flying onto the pitch. <laughs> and my flute. Yeah, his pinky ring. <laughs> pinky ring embedded. Um, Tony Club's head. In terms of those games, though, you know, you've gone, what, nine, eight, nine weeks where you've had a game pretty much every six, seven days at, mm. at, at worst. Um, and then you suddenly, you're playing Friday and you're playing Monday. Yeah. Is that a big challenge? No. No? No. Really? Love it. So, so wouldn't no, change no, no that. physical challenge for your body at the age of yeah, 33 it, it is but it's only relative 34. to the 34 it's only relative to what you're used to Will right we're conditioned to play every week we get our recovery and everything's ready for a week on week um, you know you just have to adapt I yeah. like that it challenges people to adapt a bit different you've, it's got different. you've got to have eight pints after the game instead of ten just to, just <laughs> exactly. to hydrate a little bit better exactly is that what you think no challenge to play Friday Monday I'd rather our season be three months long and we play Saturday Wednesday I play twice a week a every week injury, it? prove it's it the prove it prove it prove it prove it <laughs> no you prove it what's this yeah. like you're saying it's dangerous to play in Denver they're saying it's dangerous to play in Denver because it's altitude and they've got to fly back and no, but I'm play just, I'm, just, prove I'm asking it. you the question in terms of the, because it is such a high intense contact sport to, to recover in that amount of time you think it's yeah. not an issue no I think it is an issue but I think it just makes you adapt and do things differently mm. you've got to be better it makes recovery you know, you've got to be better at recovering. You've got to understand training methods more. You've got to look into, you know, that side of things to a high degree of detail. Like that, that that's how things change. I, I think our season's too long. I, I think peop the momentum of the season is it gathers momentum, gathers momentum. And then in the middle of the season, there's this big flat lull after Easter, really, in the middle patch where the fans get a little bit, they'll go on holiday, you know, and then we basically come back and then right now let's do the Challenge Cup final and the grand final. Mm. And it's like Drags that on. middle bit. I'd rather just let's do three months, wham, bam, get it done. And then be like the NFL, we get four months to get massive, fast, get real, you know, focus on physical prep. We're in a better position to play 
and recover quickly. Mm. The game, you know, I believe would be better from a short. We'll season. ask you that question again after the Monday game. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just going to be like that. <laughs> you have to <laughs> scoop me up and pull me into the chair. Just laugh really evilly about you coming in on crutches. I hope that doesn't happen because that would be. Well, it, does. It's, it could happen, Tempest and I wouldn't fate. blame you, Will, because I don't believe in fate. Um, Room 101, the Rugby League sin bin for this week. I stayed in Room 101. Did you? In Amsterdam? I went to Amsterdam at the weekend, yeah. You brought us some cookies back as well, didn't you? Yeah. Not those sort of cookies. Yeah, I went as well to to, to check out a few coffee shops and they all stunk. Of cookies? Didn't smell of coffee, no. Didn't smell of coffee? I'm duped. Did you actually stay in Room 101? I did, yeah. That's good, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Um, Go on then, you can go first because of that. They say I'm boring, don't they? Just because of that, you can go first this time. Because normally I let John go first because it gives a better answer, but... The um, the 4G pitch at Witness. Oh, we played there last week. Yeah, and you got a lot. Of, you you got a lot. Let's have a look at your body. It's yeah. got grazes and cuts. Pull your chart. Let's just, we got pull no, my trousers up. Pull your chart. No, both. Both. Or just take them off. It's got grazes and cuts all over everywhere, my isn't it? Don't like it. So it's what is it like an astroturf? They call mm. it the eye pitch, don't they? Yeah. Why? Why do they call it that? I think it's 4G Apple, pitch. Apple invented it. Apple. <laughs> Steve I, Jobs. What, does they, what is eye intelligent? Intelligent pitch. It's not though, is it? It's a stupid pitch. Is it a stupid pitch? It's a, it's a silly pitch. Silly pitch. They but, play it well, though. It's yeah. a massive advantage. Talking about gamesmanship, yeah. it's not the ultimate gamesmanship in Super League. Witness changing <laughs> their the pitch <laughs> to a complete surface that baffles everyone else. Do they play well? Else. They've never sort of no, they do. The but, but look, on paper, they're not a great side mm. in terms of personnel. They're good, but they get the best out of their team on that pitch, Flash, don't they? Yeah. They're a tough they, side to play yeah, they on were, Yeah, we, we had a lot of possession in the first half and then had a lot of chances. They just... Just, just absorbed it all and then took the chances in the second half. They, they thoroughly deserved it. We, we were a bit off, but yeah, I don't care about that. What's, what's it like to actually when you hit and slide on that thing? The first one, does it? Is it like is, how like, different is it? To, is it? Is it much different to a, to a grass pitch? Less people dive for tries at, at Witness than anywhere else. You must be thinking if you're going for a big tackle there, like oh, I'm not going to go inside there. No, I'm going to graze my whole. Why don't you wear some tights? No. Like Ryan Giggs. I don't think. I don't think you ever think about that, but after the game, you're certainly aware of it. You wouldn't, you don't consciously think about it going no. into contact. That being said, I, I, I guarantee you, there's more people put down the ball with one hand at witness. Than I think subconsciously you're aware of it. Who gave you that black eye, by the way? I don't know. It just happened in the game. Is it? It's not mascara. Is it? It's a black eye. No, it's a black eye. It's a proper black eye. So basically, so Mark, you put it. It's a good answer, but you're putting um, witnesses 4G slash eye pitch into the bin. Therefore, um, you're basically throwing the community of witness into the bin. All the work they do with disability children, uh, all the work they do for the community concerts that they put on. You're throwing all of that in as well. Why? Because they do it on the pitch, so they can't do on other pitches. Yeah, because they obviously don't have it. They have to pay a groundsman. They can put anything on it. They can have just because they don't have to pay a groundsman. They can have have a bullfight on there, and then they can play the next day. So you know, we'll throw. Why don't we throw the whole of witness into? the bin well if yeah if you want to be is that what you want to do no, is that what you want to do yeah we'll throw a whole yeah, yeah well, okay John Wilkin um, mine is grooming in rugby league and it's what great yeah. male <laughs> grooming not that kind of show, mate. male grooming <laughs> male grooming <laughs> this is not Wait, a cry I mean, for we help we could go everywhere with that can we uh, is no, there grooming well, in rugby league specifically I'm going to give you limbs that I think shouldn't be groomed legs Okay. Shouldn't be shaved. Vated? What about Vated? Rugby, rugby league players, I've noticed a lot of the younger lads shaving the legs. Like, why? I, I shave my legs. 
Oh gosh. You're In very, fact, very I, I know what, that's I, the piece of information I, that has been missing this whole time. No, do you know what I don't shave you them? now make sense. Do you know what I don't even shave them? I cover them in a cream for called about um, Veet. called Veet, actually, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I don't pay for the expensive stuff Veet because I just get the cheap version from like Body Care, you know, that place in the Arndale. Yeah. I think, anyway, I cover oh. my, I cover my balls in it, um I cover my everything <laughs> I cover everything in it. What what so the only hair obsession? I've got is just on my head and what on is my the face. Obsession with men like being the, hairless. I like I like the noise. I'm trying to get some skin out. I like the like the noise of what? When do you ever slap your thighs yeah, like that? Let me just slap Mark's arse here. Hold on one sec. Just pull it down a bit more. That's it. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. I quite like that. Yeah. Um, no, I don't understand the, the obsession with being short. You've got to be smooth. You've got to be quick. It makes you quicker. It makes no, it doesn't. you smooth. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Why do you think Brandy Wiggins shaves his legs? Because he so he doesn't get infections when he falls off his bike. Okay. So cool. you're going to get infections when you run all over that stupid picture witness. No, 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 no. He gets gravel stuck in the hair follicles. So, hold on. so you're, what are you throwing in the bin here? It's um, not, it's not male grooming in rugby. So just but, but, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, have yeah. started playing rugby if little, I knew. No, if I knew what state it was going to be, people's, everyone's trimmed immaculately: genitals, legs, you, armpits, you've, armpits. You've, you've trimmed your beard into a certain shape. You've, got, you've had your beard. sides of your hair shaved off a little. You, got, you, well, that, you started doing that this season, as well, didn't you? No, what, what, no, what we're talking about is entry-level grooming, getting your hair cut, will. Yeah, you're, okay. you're you're covering your whole lower body in cream. Yeah, and letting great, a mild acid dissolve <laughs> your hairs. Why? Do you that's bad for me. I think in time it's going to be like we you know when women put arsenic on the face as makeup. In time it will be. Oh my god, they put this weak acid so on. I'm going to get some sort of cancer, of the, you know, like because I put this cream all over. I'm not. Well, I'm certainly. We, not I mean, you hope we hope that doesn't happen. But no, no, but anything could happen. So, so grooming in terms of you know, what about like bleaching arseholes and stuff like that? Is that... I, I've not seen any witness. I've not witnessed any uh, bleaching of anuses. <laughs> <in> Billy, <rugby league>. <laughs> so not... if anybody would. <laughs> Who would it be? Who would it Which be? players would have a bleach? Which coach would, is most likely to bleach his ass? I'd say Jamie Foster would do it. Yeah. Rick Stone would he bleach his ass? Ryan Brearley from Toronto. Yeah. Gaz Gaz O'Brien bleaches his ass, doesn't he? He'd probably put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> his missus doing it to <laughs> so, so just to confirm, um, you've got the eye pitch from Witness going in the bin um, and we've got male grooming of sort of not entry level male grooming but sort of level I think two shave, male shaving of okay. body parts no because I'm, I'm interested in this what, shaving your chest is that fine yeah I just think it's weird I don't understand why what's the benefit I mean Mark you shave your chest so why don't you answer that do you? no I don't no he doesn't I do some, well, I do when I've got oh, strapping right, on my shoulder because it yeah. sticks better yeah that's, that's a good well well, well, hang on a minute. So we're getting to a good reason to do it. Okay, well, you manipulate. That's like no, no, no. What I'm saying is, I'm. I'm How was that like ball tampering? Well, he's, but he's manipulating. He's oh, fucking, you don't know nothing about sport. Go on. No, no. I think when you're shaving an area or a patch to allow some tape to stick better, then I get it. But Some might say that's manipulated. Yeah, go on. No, 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 they won't. I just think. No, they wouldn't. I don't know. I just don't like the way it's going. I think. I think we're. Um, we're less, we're less men. We're less, men less men and less more men. vain. Do you, shave, men. do you shave your balls? No. You just let it grow on out? Well, I don't think I want to discuss the intimate details. Well, I want to know, we want to know now. I mean, you, put, you can't throw that in the bin and then say you shave your balls. I do, I do a little bit sometimes. Not so you do shave your balls? No. Why? <laughs> <laughs> do you shave your balls? No, mate. Right, Steve I'm, Smith I'm tampers one, with his. I'm the only one who shaves their balls at this table. Um, <laughs> Another exclusive. That's a new. That's a new. John's word. retired from international rugby, and Will Perry <laughs> shaved his balls. Uh, okay. Look, one thing we're not going to do this week, John, is is unfortunately we're not going to measure Mark's uh, ball patch. 
the only reason being that I haven't got the tape measure with me. Mm. However, and I, we have left this towards the end of the podcast, but th- this is a big, big moment. This is a big day. It's an, some might say an historic day, an historic day in, in Mark's hair. Because mm. you've bit the bullet, Mark. And fair, look, fair play to you. We're not judging you. Well, let's, I can, can see that just... you're twitching. You're getting. You're about to say something rude and aggressive. No, no, you well, don't need to do that. For people who can't see, obviously, and people who did watch Salford and Witness on Telly, Marks decided to shave his head. Yeah, it's a bold um, move. It was a bold. It was. It was move. because, to be fair to him, although there were signs he was receding, going bald, he, he, yeah. he was hiding it. Now, what he's done is exposed himself yeah. to the nation. Um, and now everybody can see the true extent of what had been happening under there. Yeah. And do you know what, Mark? I'm proud of you. Yeah. No, we, I still love, we still, we do still love you. And you're a great guy. But you but have become 13, maybe 20% less attractive. I, I, what I would say is you were, uh, I mean, you got married how many months ago? Not that we're counting, four months, something like that. About that, five months maybe. You looked fantastic on your wedding day. You know, mm. like you didn't. Nine out of ten. You were nine and a half. Right, you were more, yeah, nine point something on your wedding day. Like high, really high. Mm. I mean, you know, Sophie's parents, your parents, they must have been, wow, look what we've inherited here. I'd, I'd honestly say you've gone down to a, a seven for, from a nine and a half, and that's being generous. So, I mean, how is it? For, do you, you were deceiving everyone that you had hair at the wedding because your hair looked fantastic. That was a wig. <laughs> <laughs> that was a... <laughs> so, go on, talk us through the process. I mean, was this always the plan? I heard someone else at Salford. You have to do Luke it. Luke Birch was saying someone else shared the hair, there was a bit of peer pressure involved. You decided to do it. Oh, no, I'll do it. And I've then it was like. I've shaved oh. my head before. Um, yeah, when you were at West Tigers when you were 20 years younger. No, I was not 10. You looked great back then. Yeah, with that um, yeah just decided to shave it just so I could probably ruin your um, bold patch measuring game. But it makes it easier to do, get to it now. You've ruined it. You've ruined Does it. Yeah. But we still we can get to it easier. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. no so so you, are you going to stay with this haircut? I'll see how I feel. Yeah. Because I know you'd like, let's be honest. I'm quite comfortable in my own skin. You've not taken it well, have well, you? Well, um, my hair doesn't define me like it defines you. I'm, the, I'm not really that bothered if I'm going bald or not. Well, I've, this, got, I've got a shaved head now. I mean, I can, you, you get, two all over. Um, and that's just that's just me for now. So, but are you, you are you happy or are you no no? But you, disappointed? You, but you're not. How do you feel about it? Well, I feel a bit guilty to be honest because I was kind of taking the piss like, oh look at him going bald. He's not really there in that ball. And then now and then he's, he's come he's off. He's had a like, breakdown and he's actually shaved. His head. <laughs> I was like, oh my can't god! Believe he's I didn't realise how little wow. there, under there there was or wasn't. I mean, you, I think you have shocked. I think what you're not admitting. I've shocked is, the you've shocked, No, but you've shocked yourself a little bit as well. I think I've just done it to show that I don't give a shit. Hmm. If I was if I was really bothered about going bald, I probably would have covered it up for. I tried to cover it up for a bit longer. Okay. I might have tried some of the Luke Gale techniques. So you've you've actually put some of your phone Belgravia Medical Centre, is it? Yeah. Well, do that I'll, for my benefit. I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, I sent an email today. This is 100 percent true story. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> to uh, to the Belgravia Centre, yeah. and unfortunately they <laughs> they haven't got back to me in time. So, because what I wanted to do was at this stage to sort of bring them in. You know, here's Gary from the Belgravia Centre. <laughs> and just to, just to talk from through, Belgravia. Well, just to talk through yeah. your options. No, as a friend, just to talk through your as, options. As a friend. Yeah, as a friend. What? Um, but yeah, they haven't got back to me yet. They will do. Uh, and, but what are the options? Just carry on living or just end it all? No, I mean, you know, it, uh, I still think it's salvageable. To, to go down that route but if you're, you're more than happy are you going to shave it again or are you going to let it grow from now on I'll see how I feel in a couple of weeks I'm not sure yeah. okay. it's, it's interesting interesting I, material I mean, I, though, yeah. isn't it it is John you, no, you think I'm less of a man or? not at all I think you're more of a man for, for being as brave as you've been very brave little soldier <laughs> <laughs> little soldier um, any other business John are you happy is that I mean 
No, I, I think I'd like to talk Cumbria Rugby League at some stage. Maybe not tonight, but let's... Um, do you want to plug that for people to sort of send us in? Well, I'd just like to know what people think about uh, Dr. Marwan Oh, Kukash. yes. I've noticed Sean Lunt and Kyle Amor have been all over it. All the Cumbrians yeah. are all over the it. Lakers. The Lakers! Like, oh, yes. yes, Marwan, we'll come and play for you. Yeah. Pathetic. Go Lakers. I'd like to have a good chinwag about Cumbria next mm. week. Will that work it in a, in, a, in a short sentence? I think we should discuss it next week, but yeah. I think no. No. Mark? I wonder if he'll take the mascot with him from Salford. <laughs> He's just got the goatee. He's got the goatee. Stuck to the front of his car. He removed the Mercedes badge and stuck the goatee on the front of his car. Marwan and I have fallen out before the witness game. He came up to me and said, Mark, Mark, your, your hair doesn't suit you. So I said, well, it doesn't suit you. And then he looked at me like, Dr. Death. He really didn't like it. Wow. Mm. What? Because he was shocked. Yeah, he was shocked that I said, well, you're bald. Oh, that doesn't mate. suit you either. Yeah, well, you're all bald together now, aren't you? So yeah, I didn't like it. Stick that up your ass and smoke it. Um, don't forget to download the podcast from iTunes, Podbean, or your podcast provider. Leave a review, leave a great review. Also follow us on Twitter at Whippets. Oh, well. Oh, what? Oh, well. 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 O